Happy May 1st to you all and welcome to another episode of Frankly Speaking Sports. I'm your host, Larry Frank, and I'm so happy to have you all with us today. We're coming live from Bentonville, Arkansas, which is just about 15 miles north of the home of the University of Arkansas Razorbacks. Woo Pig Suey! In sports news, we're going to start right out with a lot of different things happening around the world of sports. First of all, if you haven't heard in some really sad uh, cancellation news that the 2020 Little League World Series was canceled. It was canceled. So I think it's the first time in the history that the um, Little League World Series has ever been canceled. Um now, hopping into professional sports, the NFL has announced they, they do plan on releasing um, the schedule for the 2021 season a week from tomorrow, which would be Saturday, May 9th. Um, they already still are going to go with the plan to kick off the season on September 10th with the season concluding in Tampa Bay with the Super Bowl on February 7th. So basically what the NFL is saying is we're doing everything as normal as we can. If we need to make adjustments later on in the upcoming months, we'll do that. But as of now, everything will be the same with the NFL. Next Saturday, we already know, for example, if you're a Kansas City Chiefs fan and you're local, we already know who our opponents are next year. We know who our home opponents are. We know who our away opponents are. But next week, we find out the dates and the time of those actual games. So, something to look forward to a week from tomorrow, the NFL schedule is coming out. Then two weeks from Sunday, on the 17th of May, the first sport to start competing again live will happen as NASCAR will begin again. May 17th, they're going to be um, out of South Carolina in Darlington. They're going to have their first Cup Series race. Um, so once again, this will be the first major U.S. sports series to return. Now, as far as basketball has gone, you know, you've been hearing a lot of different things in the NBA the NBA is worried about this. Uh, they're worried about that. Um, they don't know when they're going to start back up. They know they do want to start back up. And we have a poll question. If you go to a Frankly Speaking Sports Facebook page, the poll question today is, should the NHL and NBA continue their 2019 seasons or should they just Forget about 2019, it's over, and let's wait till the 2020 season begins. So once again, that's our poll question on Frankly Speaking Sports. Now, we had an opportunity to uh, listen to Mike Greenberg, who interviewed um, Adrian Wojnarowski, who's one of the NBA insiders that reports news very, very fast, and he talks about the potential of the upcoming NBA season. 
Where do we stand as of right now with the possibility of the season resuming? Uh, you know, Greeny, uh, infectious disease specialists who advise the NBA, other professional sports teams, I think anybody in our country right now, the, the, the message that they've given those people making decisions is this. Hold off on having to make decisions until the final possible moment. And, and that's what the NBA is doing here. Uh, May 1st was kind of a date that Adam Silver put out uh, a few weeks ago as really the very beginning of when the league would have to start, you know, considering uh, decisions on the future of not only this season, but next season. And listen, the NBA still from ownership level, commissioner's office, teams, players, the Players Association, they want to find a way to finish the season, but not are they only working on this season, but next season. What does the NBA calendar look like going forward? You know, there's a lot of support in the NBA uh, to move the start of next season to, to pr just prior to Christmas, and that's whether they finish this season or not, because at the very least next year, it gives the NBA more time more of an opportunity to be able to get fans in the arenas moving forward. Uh, and, and that's going to be important for the financial uh, uh, solvency of the league. And, and very quickly, I, I saw a couple of different things yesterday. We just showed LeBron's tweet. I saw Mark Cuban in an interview saying he is confident, I think is the word he used, that we will see this season pick up, although probably without fans. What's the single biggest challenge the commissioner has right now? Safety of the players, the coaches, the staff, can they put them in an environment where they're going to minimize the risk? And remember, it's not just the safety of the players. You have coaches, you know, who are in their late 60s, early 70s on staff that would be around players at all times uh, and, and certainly would be susceptible to the virus. That's a concern uh, of not just, you know, the league office, but teams and organiza organizations themselves, all the support staff around. There is a lot to consider and a lot for the NBA to be able to have confidence with before they put their entire league back in an environment and try to grind out uh, a playoffs and crown a champion, which is something Adam Silver, you know, very much wants to do. So that was Adrian Wojnarowski talking about the NBA. And what we're hearing from the NHL is that they're still planning on starting up back in late June. They're going to actually talk about finishing up the season. Now, where they're playing once again, there is no indication. They have not given it. But they want to finish the season because a lot of these teams were within three points in the NHL. And uh, Gary Bettman says then he wants to start the playoffs and have the Stanley Cup conclude in uh, 2019 in July. So a lot happening there. Now, as far as Major League Baseball goes, they've been talking about a lot of different options with Major League Baseball. And I really think Major League Baseball is going to play this year. I don't think there's a doubt. I don't think there's a doubt in a lot of people's minds. I thought it might be the first sport back, but obviously NASCAR, we found out, is going to be. But they're talking about aligning the divisions uh, actually into three different divisions, one being the east, one being the central, one being the west, and doing it geographically. And by the end, middle of June or uh, beginning of June, having the teams report to their spring training sites for three weeks, and then hopefully, which what a great idea if you start the American pastime, which is baseball, 
on Independence Day, the 4th of July. So they could do a lot with it, especially from a marketing perspective. And then you have the idea of what type of fans, if any, are going to be allowed into the stadiums or not into the stadiums. But Major League Baseball is also talking about doing a big, huge round-robin tournament at the end of the year where it's like March Madness in uh, in uh, the NCAA. And we got, you know... One of our good buddies, uh, Sal Sullivan, was able to catch up with the president and uh, baseball operations director of the St. Louis Cardinals, John Moziliak. And this is what John had to say. I can grill a strip. All right. So there have been so many different plans out there. And I know you don't want to, like, overreact every time a new plan comes out. But this one does seem to be kind of interesting with... Three divisions, you cut down on the travel, uh, you play the games in your home ballparks. When you read this, and I'm sure you've been familiar with it, what was your impression when you of this new plan? Well, first off, a lot of the things that you're reading about or hearing about, obviously from a league level, we, we are very engaged and, and discussing a lot of what these options may or may not look like. And I think the, the very first thing you ha- everybody has to realize um, – that's listening to this or seeing this tonight is the first and foremost is you have to get past the, the medical and health issues. And if you can do that, then you can start really trying to focus on what some type of baseball may look like. And so when you read about something that was like written in, uh, in the uh, USA today, you know, obviously for me to start commenting on things that really aren't that far down the road, it's, it's difficult the hope is that that we are playing Major League Baseball this year. The hope is is that it might be in home cities, but there's there's a lot of a lot of hurdles to get through or get over before we can really get to that point. And right now, there there is a lot of optimism that there will be some form of baseball. And regardless of of exactly what that looks like today, I think that the best strategy is to be open minded and obviously uh accept that there might be some change than than what's considered normal but we all are going through or adjusting to what's a new normal and so i think from a baseball standpoint i think our fans our players major league baseball as a whole would just like to be you know getting back on the field regardless of of who gets to actually watch it live versus uh, on tv do you think though when it does come back if and when it does come back it's just going to have to be different. I mean, different divisions, maybe more teams in the postseason. It's going to be different, or what do you think? You know, again, a lot of that depends on on each state and and local municipalities on on what they are allowing teams to do. And and so, you know, if those hurdles are so hard to get past, then having some form of baseball where where it is more of, of like the spring training type model, then that would be something that's, that's still better than nothing. But, you know, our, our, our hope, the Cardinals hope is that still something happens here in St. Louis. And do you believe if, and when it does come back, at least initially, there won't be any fans? I mean, it's, it's hard to imagine that, that with the physical distancing, distancing or social distancing phrase that you're going to get to a point where that's going to be something that that we can actually do. But the one thing baseball has on its side right now is it's, we still have time. Um, there's still a lot of summer left. And so the opportunity to 
perhaps maybe gradually get to a point where fans can see the game would be something I think everybody would welcome, but it's really hard to say on what is it, April 20 or April 29th that that may or may not happen. I just don't know. Do you believe a hundred game season is representative enough? Oh, I do. I mean, I, I think an 81 game season would be representative enough. I, I mean, I think like right now, the world, our country is, is looking for, for some form of optimism. And so just doing something is, is better than nothing. And, you know, to, to say, well, it wasn't a, a 162 game season. I get that, but we're, we, we know that's not likely now. And, and so, you know, obviously we'll take the next best thing. You would need reserves, obviously, not just players on your major league roster. So this would also mean minor league baseball would have to come back. And I'm sure that's part of all your ongoing discussion. Yeah, I don't know what that exactly looks like. Um, clearly, you're going to need either expanded rosters or the ability to what we refer, refer to a lot of times is called a taxi squad. And that was uh, President and Baseball of Operations of the St. Louis Cardinals, John Moziliak. So you hear about these different leagues, a lot of these leagues, you know, now you're getting a lot of speculation on when these actual sports will begin. They said they would let you know on May 1st. So there's going to be a lot more information coming out, I think, in the next couple of days about when... You know, we're hearing, of course, dates and times, but I think it's going to be a little bit more concrete of a plan, and they're going to reveal it to the public within the next week or so. So sports coming back, it's a great thing if you're a sports fan. Want to remind you all, when we come back, we're going to be talking some Arkansas Razorback football. Yes, we are. We're going to talk about a couple of players who, depending on the type of year they have this year, um, could possibly get picked in the 2021 draft. We'll be back right after the tip of the day from our buddy, Dick Vitale. Surround yourself with good people. People that have character. People that do things the right way. People that make great decisions in their life. You don't want to be around people that have that loser's mentality. You want to be around people that have that winner's mentality. It becomes contagious. It rubs off on you. So remember this. Make good decisions on the people you associate with. The people that become part of your life, become part of your future. Bottom line is, it goes a long way. You surround yourself with good people, man. It rubs off and it helps you develop some good, positive attitudes. Welcome back to Frankly Speaking. I'm your host, Larry Frank. And boy, do, you know, for those of you that are new to our show, our new listeners, every day you're going to hear a tip of the day from the great Dick Vitale. You want I can't think of a more inspirational, motivating guy than Dickie V, and that's why I have him on every single one of our episodes. Or unless there may be special events we do live, we always have our tip of the day from Dickie V. I want to remind you all, if you have any thoughts, questions, concerns, topics you want to talk about, we got many ways, baby. I mean, we got all different ways for you to get in touch with us. Number one, you can go to our Frankly Speaking Sports text line. That's right. We got our own text line, 813 922 9810. Leave your name, 
leave the question, leave where you're from, and we'll use it on the next episode of Frankly Speaking Sports. We also have a Twitter account. If you have a Twitter account, please follow us. Write this down, at Larry Frankis with the U.S. at the end. We'll try to update you, and every day we put a podcast on there as well. We also have the fastest-growing Facebook group page out there in the U.S. called Frankly Speaking Sports. If you go to the search button and you hit Frankly Speaking Sports, you can join our group. Remember, you have to put the word sports at the end. You can ask us questions and we provide you with the most updated, latest sports news on a minute-to-minute basis. We get the information and we provide it to you. All for free, baby! All for free! So... You know, you want to definitely join that group, and we'll put our podcast on there as well. Now, before we went to break, you know, for those of you who don't know, I now live in Bentonville, Arkansas. I had lived in the Tampa Bay area for uh, roughly 35, 36 years um, after growing up in New York for a while, and I'm so happy to be here. I am so, so happy to be an Arkansas Razorback fan right now. And, you know, yesterday on our show, we talked about the basketball team. We're going to highlight some stuff about the football team today. But if you missed our show yesterday, I'll tell you what. Go back and listen to it as we talked about the Razorback basketball team and the great job that Eric Musselman and Michael Musselman are doing with the recruiting down there. Just incredible. This team next year in basketball is going to be so exciting. They're definitely going to be, I mean, I think anything less than a top 10 team is going to be very disappointing here in the Fayetteville, Arkansas area. I mean, look at this. They were number five on ESPN's Recruiting class rankings. Number five in the nation, guys. Oh, my God. Woo, pig, suey there. Do your hog call. You deserve it. And then they've had the highest recruiting class in the last 16 years here in Arkansas. So really, really looking forward to basketball season. But before then, I'm really, really looking forward to uh, the football season with new head coach Sam Pittman. And Steve Sullivan uh, from WKTV Channel 7 got some time to sit down with Sam and to talk about being the new head coach here in Fayetteville. Started calling you Sam Exotic. What would you think? (laughs) (laughs) Got anything to do with that, dude. I don't want it. (laughs) He's okay with the title Hog King. He's become a big Netflix fan, by the way. Had a good visit with Coach today. Among the things we talked about was taking over a program that has had back-to-back two-win seasons. There, the facilities are here. Obviously, the support of the state is here. Um, academically, uh, there's really no reason why we should be winning here. I've got a saying I think that applies to both business and sports, and as you get what you tolerate, uh, what are some of the things you don't tolerate from teams or players? Laziness, uh, undisciplined things. Uh, you know, you have to practice those things, though. I mean, if you let it go and practice, and, and don't be shocked if it, if it happens on Saturday. You know, I mean, shame on us on that, but 
uh, that language, you know, I, I'm old fashioned. I want, I want our, what comes out of our mouth to be the right thing. It's powerful. And, uh, and then I want to be able to run through a brick wall together and that, that comes off the trust and, um, what you say you need to mean and what you say you need to do. And that works both ways between player and the coach. You think on the college level that all teams should work hard and be fundamentally sound, but that's not always the case. But that seems something with you. Another standard is that this team is going to be fundamentally sound. Well, how you win. I mean, you're, you're on a hope. Uh, if you're not fundamentally sound, you're hoping that your athletes are better than their athletes. And I mean, this is SEC football. Uh, everybody's going to have great athletes. So, again, I think a big part of Winning is a trust factor. You know, if your players trust you, they're going to play harder. Uh, you know, I mean, we have to say what we mean and do what we say. Bye. All right, that was Sam Pittman, your new head coach of your Arkansas Razorbacks. And, you know, the Razorbacks, you know, coming up in the 2020 season, I'm really looking forward to this uh, uh, season. Um, and we'll talk a little bit about Felipe Franks in a minute as we have before, um, but they got three players. You know, we just finished with the 2020 NFL draft, and I was thinking about it. What three players possibly on the Razorbacks could make it in the NFL draft? Now, we're not necessarily talking first-round drafts. We're talking anywhere in the draft. Where can these players go? And the first one that comes to mind is the junior transfer running back called Rakeem Boyd. And, you know, he transferred over his uh, sophomore year here. And in 2018, he rushed for 734 yards, two touchdowns. And he also caught 23 receptions out of the backfield for 165 yards. Then Rakeem comes back in 2019 in one of the toughest, if not the toughest, conference in all of NCAA football, and he rushes for over 1,100 yards and averaged 6.2 yards a carry. That's in the SEC, baby. If you're not excited to watch Rakeem this year, oh my God. And it even gets better. What do you then do? You get a recruit name for Alipe Franks from the University of Florida Gators. He played there two years. I uh, had the opportunity to play with Dan Mullen last year before getting hurt. And, you know, Felipe quarterback is a huge, he's a beast. He's big in size, has great arm strength, and he definitely has the leadership ability that you're going to need in that locker room. Now, Felipe, the thing with Felipe is he just needs to cut down on his turnovers, which he was doing last year before he got hurt. Um, he actually threw 24 touchdowns and six interceptions last year before getting hurt, and then Kyle Trask, uh, the era of Kyle Trask down in Gainesville began, and you know, no disrespect, disrespect to Kyle, he did a great, 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 great job. But talking about Felipe, you know, I've gotten to watch Felipe the last couple of years when I was down in Florida. I'd go to the swamp, I'd watch games, and this guy has a cannon of an arm. I still remember the game where he went back to pass and he hit Tyree Cleveland in the end zone to beat Tennessee on the last play of the game. I mean, the guy can throw the ball. The thing this guy has to know, learn how to do, and hopefully Sam and the offensive, new offensive staff down there 
oh, up here in Arkansas can do is teach him how to check down on his first receiver and look for his second and third receivers. And I think that's what happens. He only looks for his primary receivers and it causes him to make a lot of mistakes. But let me tell you something about this guy. He can rush with the ball too. He's a beast and he doesn't go down. He's going at you head first into a pile, whatever it takes to get yardage. So another guy that could get drafted, especially because of his arm strength, would be Philippe A. Franks. And then a guy that I don't know a lot about, and I think the reason I don't know a lot about linebacker, junior linebacker, Bumper Poole, is because Bumper doesn't get a lot of exposure. When you only win two games, you know, you're not on TV a lot. You know, obviously you play teams like Alabama or LSU or Tennessee or whoever you might play, Ole Miss or Mississippi State. Uh, but you didn't get to see this guy a lot. Um, he had 94 tackles last year. Six and a half of those tackles were for loss. So this guy is going to solidify the defense again this year. Could go, you know, later on in the draft next year in 2021. But this is why I'm so excited for Hogs football. Because a new coach, a new quarterback, a new beginning. Now, remember last year they only won two games. And in these uh, projections, however the heck they do it, I try not to follow them too much. But they're only projecting this team to win three games. I, I honestly think this team can at least win five games, even though they're in the tough SEC. But this is what Pittman needs to do. And, you know, Sam talked about how, you know, he's a go-getter out there. You know, he talks about fundamentals. And, you know, if Sam can get in there and his staff can teach them the fundamentals of the game, fundamentals wins games. Anybody that knows anything about football knows the team that makes the least mistakes is going to win. And Sam is instilling that in these guys. Well, you know, I feel bad for him because he really hasn't gotten to, well, he hasn't gotten on the field yet with these guys. He's only got to speak to them uh, virtually in regards to uh, what to do and how to do it and what his expectations are. And, you know, going through the coronavirus right now is tough for anyone. It's tough for all the coaches in the NCAA, no matter what sport you're in. But when you're a brand new coach and you have yet to meet players possibly face-to-face -face even, you know, you have to meet them on, through uh, virtual ways and through Zoom and all these other Skype and all these other ways, it, it's a very, very difficult situation. And to learn your players, to learn their attitude, to learn their strength, to learn their weakness, you got to be out on the field. So hopefully soon enough, those guys will be able to do that. And we're really looking for something special here in Fayetteville. So I'm really, really happy to have all the new listeners from the Arkansas area here with us today. You know, keep telling your friends. Uh, we'll keep talking. You know, I have a very simple rule. Whatever my listeners want to hear is what I'm going to talk about. And remember, there's a lot of different ways we mentioned, and we'll go over again to keep in touch with us. We do shows Monday through Friday. We'll be back right after this break. Welcome back. Back to Frankly Speaking. Boy, am I happy to be with you today on this beautiful Friday in Bentonville, Arkansas. You know, before we left, 
We were talking about the Razorbacks. We were talking about uh, some different things, about basketball, about football. But I, I want to go over, um, you know, something here locally in the um, in the Fayetteville area that's been going on that, you know, a former long, um, long snapper for the Razorbacks last week has raised over $13,000 lime live streaming and eating challenge. With it, he is feeding over 150 medical personnel at Washington Regional Hospital. Let's listen to what he's done. This is just a great, great story of how somebody, again, the great job, whether you're a current Razorback or former Razorback, does for his community. Posted pictures of people shockingly Someone who is raising money by means of doing eating contests online, you might as well be on the show with Unreal. us at this point. A former football player, no less, man. I mean, where did you come up with this idea? I'm so curious. Yeah, so there was this McDonald's train challenge that was kind of going around on Twitter, on social media, and uh, some of my some of my buddies sent it to me in a group text, and they're like, Nick, Nick, you could do this. Like, you could eat this. So I, I played football in Arkansas, so... I used to hang out with all the linemen, and we'd always go eat buffets, big meals, and stuff like that. And uh, so this was four double quarter pounders, 20 chicken nuggets, two medium fries, and four medium sodas. I was like, I can make this into, into a fundraiser. I can do something good with it. So I, I, I started simple, and I just thought, you know, I can let's do uh, catered meals for nurses or a random cash tip for a delivery driver. And I was thinking I'd raise 500 bucks or 1,000 bucks. Um, then I started, you know, posting pictures, and people shockingly got so excited about watching me eat food online that I raised the first round $14,000. Wow. Um, so catered about $9,000 of the meals to the nurses at the local hospital, hit almost all the departments, all the different shifts. Um, then about $4,000 spent in random cash tips that I've just, I get, get a coffee and I hand the person $100. We're trying to help create awareness of the local restaurants and that they're still open, they're still doing to-go orders. People can get food and trying to help them out at the same time they get to watch us in, in pain. What you're doing is not only incredible and certainly like great there locally, but when people see examples of stuff like this, like it gets everyone else's wheels turning, kind of like you said, and makes them want to do more. And uh, we wanted to give you $5,000. I mean, you already know what you're doing with all of this money and the stuff that you've raised. And so we just wanted to say thank you and kind of be a part of what we were doing in our own small way. Oh, that is, that is incredible. Thank you guys so much. That is, that is, and I've been able to see kind of firsthand you know, you can turn someone's day around, you can make their month and help them pay rent, these types of things. Uh, so it's been really cool to see and, and $5,000 is going to go a long way to helping a lot of people um, in, in our community. So I really appreciate that. that that's awesome. Y'all, that, that's really cool. Wow. What a great, great story locally here in the Fayetteville, Arkansas area. You know, yesterday while we were on, we we broke the breaking news. One of the first to break it was the release of Andy Dalton from the Cincinnati Bengals. And now the big question after the release. Now, he held so many records. Remember, Andy Dalton took this team, was one of the dumpiest teams in the NFL, and took them to the playoffs five times. Had a decent year last year. Uh, through uh, 16 touchdown passes, 14 interceptions, but a lot of questions on where he's going. And a lot of people are talking, oh, he'd be a great fit in New England. Well, let me tell you something to my listeners first. 
Those of you in the Cincinnati area, I'm sorry, in the New England area, it's not going to happen. I'd be very surprised if it does happen. First of all, here's a team that only has $2 million left on the salary cap. They can't afford this guy. And even if they could restructure contracts, bring him on with a base salary and uh, go ahead and base the rest of the salary on incentives and performances, I just don't think the fit is as good as everybody thinks it is. Um, yes, he's a veteran. Um, you know, Belichick may like that. But here is a team. Yes, Andy wants to be a starting quarterback. But here's a team that isn't going to win. Yes, they have a great defense, but they have completely zero offense there. No weapons. The only thing you have there is Julian Edelman. Um, you know, and then people talk about Cam Newton, who would be better in New England, Cam Newton or Andy Dalton. You know, I don't really think either of them would be good there. He's pretty much sold on Jared Stidham. And he also has Brian Hoyer there. Um, he is not interested in another quarterback. Now, you know, the question comes up, first of all, is Cam healthy? I don't think Cam is healthy. You know, he's going to play it off. I don't know if he can pass a physical. This guy couldn't throw the ball. What good is he going to do there? You know, Andy Dalton. Andy Dalton may be a good fit in Chicago, you know, where they have not picked up the fifth-year option on Travinsky yet. But, you know, another team that I think Andy Dalton would be a good fit will, would be with the Jacksonville Jaguars. They got a lot better of an offense than you do in New England. If I'm, if I'm Dalton, I want to play for the Jaguars. I got now Leonard Fournette, still the Jaguars have not picked up his fifth-year option. We should be hearing something by the end of the day if they decide to do so or not. But as of now, they have not picked it up. But if they pick it up, you'll have Fournette as a running back. You got two decent receivers in D.D. Westbrook and D.J. Chalk, who's been coming along the past couple of years. I had the chance to watch him when I used to watch some games in Jacksonville when he was a rookie. Just a great, great potential down there. And then remember, they picked up tight end Tyler Elfert um, from the uh, Cincinnati Bengals where Andy Dalton played. So if you're looking for what would be the best fit, I think for Andy personally, I would definitely say the Jacksonville Jaguars. Um, not the New England Patriots. I think people are going to have to accept the fact in New England that um, Josh McDaniels and Bill Belichick just may be satisfied with what they got right now. And also with the amount of money they have left, do they want to use it on a quarterback right now? Um, $2 million is not going to get you far for a starting quarterback in the NFL. So I'm not really sure that, uh, you know, the Patriots are even looking for someone. But to answer the question, I think uh, the Jacksonville Jaguars are by far the best choice for, um, is the best choice for, Andy Dalton. Now, in other news, the Dolphins did release Taco Charlton, who had a career of five sacks last year, and then Charles Harris, the end rusher, they traded to the Falcons for an undisclosed draft pick. Um, if I remember Harris correctly, he was a first-round draft pick out of Missouri back in 2017. So, 
you know, not exactly sure what, you know, what's going down there on in there in Miami, but they're making a lot of things happen. They've been very active. So, you know, watch out. That division, again, is wide open in the AFC East. And those teams, you know, I think the only people that are happier than the Buffalo Bills fans, the New York Jets fans, and the Miami Dolphin fans are the Tampa Bay Buccaneer fans. Uh, because I can't tell you how happy that East is to have Tom Brady playing for someone else. So when we come back, we're going to talk about a couple of the power rankings came out in the NFL after the draft. And you folks that listen to my show frequently know that I'm not a big fan of polls, but the power rankings is something that goes on all the time in the NFL. And sometimes I do like it. So we're going to go over Sports Illustrated um, Monday morning quarterback rankings when we come back from this break. Welcome back to Frankly Speaking. Boy, are we glad to have you here today. I'll tell you what, I've been down here now for, or I should say up here or across here now for, uh, I would say roughly two months now. Unfortunately, I haven't had a, a lot of time to go see a lot due to the coronavirus and the restrictions that are out there. But what I've seen, I just love it. This area, if people aren't familiar with it, it's the home of Walmart, Bentonville, Arkansas, where I personally live. And I will tell you what, I, I just love it out here. I mean, you get to see the Four Seasons. Uh, you know, I we've had some beautiful weather. I even got to go to Bronson, Missouri uh, for the first time right before they put the restrictions down. So... Loving it out here. Love being a Razorback. Love the fans. And I cannot wait till football season starts up here shortly. Now, we're going to be talking a little bit about... Um, I mentioned to you the uh, poll from Sports Illustrated. Sports Illustrated has this poll. And we're going to go over this uh, with you here. Um no surprises on number one, but what Sports Illustrated does is they take a couple of their editors, their writers, and they, they do a poll. And they take a certain amount of votes and they rank these teams. And the number one ranked team right now in the NFL, according to SportsIllustrated.com, is without a doubt, and it should be, the Super Bowl champion Kansas City Chiefs. I mean, look at the Kansas City Chiefs. You know, I'm surprised because SportsIllustrated.com only ranked them a C plus and that uh, in their draft. And this is one of the reasons I told you folks that I'm not big on a lot of these uh, projections or rankings because it doesn't make sense. If you look at the Kansas City Chiefs, they brought back 20 of 22 starters, including um, all pro quarterback Patrick Mahomes um, this year. So, they got everybody coming back. And then with the 32nd pick of the NFL draft, for those of you that know about the NFL draft, that is the last pick in round one. They come up with Clyde Edwards-Hilaire, a great back, a great receiving back, and they just add the richer got richer. So, um, you know, no surprise to me that the Kansas City Chiefs were number one. Number two... Um, you know, a lot of people are expecting a lot out of the Baltimore Ravens because of Lamar Jackson. Um, they're actually, some of them are projecting him to go to the Super Bowl this year. I like Lamar Jackson. 
Um, I just think that it's not going to be long, and I don't wish this on anyone before he gets hurt because of the style of football that he plays. Um, so, but Baltimore is number two. Number three was the San Francisco 49ers, who had an A-minus draft, uh, picked up a lot of great people. They picked up Trent Williams. They traded uh, Brietta to the Dolphins. Uh, speaking of the Dolphins earlier, so the Dolphins got stronger. I mean, their defense was the reason they lost the Super Bowl last year. Remember, the 49ers blew a 10-point lead in the fourth quarter of that Super Bowl. Um, and now they're basically going to have to fight what you call the Super Bowl hangover. Um, but they're expected to definitely be a force again in uh, the NFC. Then you got, they picked the Saints, who just picked up Jameis Winston, has Tyson Hill, and of course Drew Brees. Um, they picked them as the fourth-ranked team um, in the draft. Going to number five, the Philadelphia Eagles. You know, here's a team. They won their division. They were 9-7, and seven, um, but they really didn't help themselves in the draft. Um, you know, they expected Carson Wentz, you know, to do a lot. He's been injury prone. They did pick up Jalen Hurts in the draft. Uh, you know, a lot of people were questioning, especially if you're a Philadelphia fan, that pick. Then you got the Seahawks. I'm going to round this out. The Seahawks, the Packers, the Tennessee Titans, who, um, you know, I, I think the Tennessee Titans are going to be a, a great, great team this year. Um, they they have uh, Derrick Henry back. They re-signed re Ryan Tannehill. So a lot, a lot of good things happening there in Tennessee. So we'll have to see right there. Um, we'll have to see right there. And then uh, we're getting back into this. We're having a little technical difficulties here, so please stand by. After the Tennessee Titans, they picked the Buffalo Bills, the Dal and then number 10 is the Dallas Cowboys. I think a lot of people are expecting the Dallas Cowboys to really have a breakout year this year. I mean... They got some great receivers. They added C.D. Lamb to go with their already uh, great wide receiver corps uh, with Gallup and also Amari Cooper. They got Zeke Elliott, and they got Dak Prescott. So let's see. They picked the Buccaneers 11. And I'll tell you why they picked the Buccaneers 11. And I've been telling the Tampa fans who listen to me this. They are by far the most explosive offense in the NFL. No questions asked. But the one thing that they're lacking is defense secondary. They got, they had the best pass, I'm sorry, Russian defense last year, only allowing 68 yards a game. But their pass defense you can pick up on. So until they get that fixed, adding Winfield helps in the draft, but they didn't do anything at the cornerback position. So I, you know, I can see that. And we're just passing down to see if we see anyone else. New England Patriots are 15th. That, you know, that, they're 15th ranked because of their defense. Obviously has nothing to do with their offense. So there you go. Those are according to, um, according to Sports Illustrated. So a lot expected. There's still a lot to go, a long way to go. 
There's still going to be some free agent signings, some draft picks that, you know, weren't signed, some people that are let go and released. So a lot's going to go ahead and happen before the end of the summer and beginning of football season. And boy, do I really hope it's not going to be long before we hear that everything is going to work its way back to normal. I know we're in the first phase of uh, of this coronavirus thing or the recovery phase. So hopefully everything works out. Want to remind you all that we will be back Monday uh, with, we usually call it Football Monday. And as long as we have enough football to talk about, we'll keep it Football Monday. The only thing is, if something breaks during the weekend or on Monday, we cater to the most important sports news that we feel is necessary for you all to listen to. So we will do that on Monday. Reminder, you can contact us through our text line, 813-922-9810. If you have any questions, thoughts, concerns, topics you want to talk about. You can also go to Frankly Speaking 528 at gmail.com. Just leave your name, um, where you're from, and the topic or question you have, and we'll put it on our next episode. We also have a message link here right at the end of this podcast. You can leave a voice message, and we'll play your voice message on the next episode. Also, if you belong to Twitter, you can follow us at Larry Frankis. That's with the U.S., at the end. And if you already are, or if you are not already um, a member of our Facebook group, or you have friends that are not a member, please make sure to tell them to join the fastest growing sports group in the U.S., Frankly Speaking Sports. That's right, go to the search button, you gotta type in sports, Frankly Speaking Sports, and it'll give you access To join our great group, we give you the most updated, fastest sports news around, as well as we every day we post our podcast on there. I want to thank you all for joining us today. I'm loving Arkansas. Thank you so much, Hogs fans. And we'll see you again this Monday on another episode of Frankly Speaking Sports. 